Welcome, welcome your backup plan tribe to our show today. I'm so, 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 so excited. Our title today is Mind Blowing What Happens After Dark at the Combray Farm. Wow. If you are new here, welcome to your backup plan. Um, Welcome to Talking Taboo with Tina. I am Tina Ginn. I am an emergency preparedness coach, a best-selling author of In the Blink of an Eye. That's how quickly things can happen. Yes, in the blink of an eye. I can't, I, I, I can't even explain how fast things can happen. And anybody listening to this knows when that's happened to you. I'll tell you, it's, it's, it is mind-blowing, actually. Um, I'm a financial expert and an app developer of your Backup Plan app, and I'm located here in beautiful Vancouver, BC, and I'd like, love to welcome all of you to our channel. I'm super happy to have you here today. Thank you so very much. We focus on real, raw, live conversations with our listeners about their journey from a life-changing event in their life. And believe me, our guest today, Rebecca, has had many life-changing events. And it sounds, her story is unbelievable. Just just wait and hear. Um, what is your backup plan app? It puts your life all in one place in case of any unpredictable circumstance while taking that painful aftermath out of the tragedy. And sometimes people will say to me, Tina, what does, you know, what does that mean? Well, one thing we can all count on is that we're all going to die at some point and somewhere at some time. We are all going to get sick or disabled or we're going to lose everything in a disaster or a tragedy. And that, oh my goodness, right now with what's going on in the Ukraine and the world, you know, it's just so perfect to being prepared for the unexpected. I can't put that through to you guys enough. Things happen as they say, shit happens. And, and it really truly does. And it changes our lives forever. So prepare for the unexpected because it won't happen to me is of course the Superman theory. And we're not Superman here. We're definitely, we're not Superman. We are in the 3D world where we might be Superman in the 5D world, which is up there doing all these good things for everybody, but we're not, we're not Superman here. And as Mike Tyson's quote says, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. We, most of the time we think we have a plan, but we really don't know what things we need to do. We don't know why we need to do them until it's time that we have to do it either for ourselves, for somebody to do it for us, or we have to do someone else's plan. And sometimes those plans are not very well planned because it's when families get together, it's sometimes complicated in blended families, um, children get involved sometimes, um, relatives and even friends get, and it complicates matters so, so very much. So, um, I wanted to let everybody know the Emerging Blueprint is coming, uh, launching very soon. We are going to have a library of videos and interviews with attorneys, lawyers, accountants all across the world. So stay tuned for that. Um, we have family conversations. We have worksheets that you can download. Um, how to have that conversation with your loved one, whether it's a spouse, partner, family member, brother, sister, mom and dad most of the time, um, understanding what you have in respect of being prepared. A lot of times, oh, you know, my accountant looks after that, or yeah, I bought some life insurance, but being in the life insurance world all my, all the time that I've done this business is that we don't even know what we have for life insurance. We don't understand when it renews. We don't understand how long we might want that life insurance. We don't know if that person even has life insurance. That's a big one. 
life insurance companies make the most amount of money from non-claims, from families not knowing you had life insurance. So in all that said, please hit that subscribe button down there at the bottom. I get my hand out every time down here at the bottom. <laughs> I can never figure out which way it goes. Okay, there, right there is a subscribe button. Click on that subscribe button and click on that bell so you get notified of any uh, upcoming videos and it helps our algorithms to reach out to more people. So thank you so very much for coming on. I'd like to welcome our United States and Canadian listeners. Yes, um, you guys are fantastic, as well as our German and Ireland listeners. You guys are kicking butt. And um, I can talk a little bit about German because I am from Germany. But meine deutsche Freunde sind unserem Podcast willkommen. Wenn Sie Kommentare haben, können Sie gern Fragen stellen. Also danke für deine Freundschaft und danke fürs Erhöhen, meine deutsche Freunde. So thank you so very, 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 very much. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening. I really, we really, really wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for you guys. So let's get this party started. If you have found us, you are here for a reason. Please share this with your family and friends. I know you will love it. With our special guest today, her name is Rebecca Williamson, and she is an owner of Cam Cambry House in beautiful Illinois, and I'm just going to bring her on right now. There she is. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Rebecca. I'm so very happy to have you guys um, here with Rebecca today. She is in Illinois, and her story is quite unbelievable and quite messed up, I guess you could say, right? Yeah, I guess you could say that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm so very excited to hear, where did it all start for you, Rebecca, with your story? Uh, so I guess my story kind of starts in 2015. Um, in August of 2015, my grandmother passed away. Um, I mean, we all kind of expect our grandmothers to pass away, and it's always sad when they do. But um, she passed away in August. And then in September, my husband, who was 40, died from a sudden heart attack. Um, that was obviously something that we had not expected to happen. He hadn't had any history of heart problems at all. And oh, he was just gone. So sorry. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. It was uh, very, <laughs> one of those things like, okay, now what do I do? Um, so my grandmother owned a, and grandfather both owned a piece of property called the Cambry house. Um, they did not live there. But um, they'd bought it to preserve the history of the farm. Um, it was built in the 1860s by French Icarians. And my grandparents loved history and they loved antiques. And they treated the farm like a life-size dollhouse. And uh, <laughs> we had craft shows and all my family events that were going to be outside were usually out at the farm. Um, I oh, had cousins, nice. Yeah, I had cousins that got married out there over the years and stuff like that. And then um, my husband and I spent a lot of time out there, too right on the Mississippi River. My husband loved to go fishing. And um, yeah, I spent a lot of time out at the farm. So anyway, after my grandmother passed away, um, the all their properties were supposed to go into a trust. And um, very quickly, we realized that the trust was not going to work. Um, my mom is one of four siblings, and they were not agreeing on things. <laughs> and uh, as so usual. Yeah. <laughs> so the decision was made to break the trust and sell all the properties. And I just couldn't stand to lose another thing. Um, I just wasn't going to lose anything else. And so I bought the farm. <laughs> I always tell people I kind of kind of went crazy and, lot, and bought the whole farm. <laughs> Did you know what you were going to plan for it? Or you just bought it yeah. for the sake of the family in the family? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I bought it for the sake of the family. Um, we had a realtor that had come out and looked at all the properties and that one that they they had said that it was going to have to be completely gutted and remodeled and or, or torn down entirely. Uh, the farm was um, 
the house was built in 1867. Um, everything in the home is original to the 1860s. Um, it does have running water and electricity, but other than that, it's the original floor plan, even the original hand blown glass windows. Oh, wow. It's more of a museum than a house. <laughs> I mean, you could live in it, but I have dogs and cats and kids and uh, not something that I'm comfortable moving into a museum. So uh, yeah, I bought it just to preserve it. Uh, the idea of it being remodeled or torn down just broke my heart. And again, having those back-to-back -back losses, I just was bound and determined it wasn't going to be lost. I couldn't lose anything else. And so I bought it and then said, what did I just do? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, money. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, I bought this. What am I doing with this? What? You know, because obviously I'm not going to move into it. Um, <laughs> so you so then something on the on the farm for yourself, if that's with that. Um, it would it it would be possible. There's like 30 acres out there, so it is possible. Um, but I wasn't really in the financial position at that point to do that. Um, so I mean, I just bought a farm. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds crazy. And it was a little on the nutty side. <laughs> <laughs> now you mentioned the Icarians. What yeah. were they? Were they the first settlers? Is that? Um, they were uh, a communal society that came over from France in the 1850s. Uh, during the French Revolution, Etienne Cabet wrote this book called uh, Icaria, Voyage to Icary. And it was a detailed a utopian society. Basically, if you think about the original hippie communes, this was it. You sold everything you own. You donated it to the society. Everybody lived in one-room apartments and um, worked together, ate together, um, yeah, oh, if you think of, yeah, so they came over here to Nauvoo in the 1850s to create that perfect utopian society. And it actually went until 1899. Um, they were here in Nauvoo for seven years. Um, and the Camry family came as part of the Icarian movement and then left <laughs> and built the farm, they built the home that I own now. Oh, nice. So, and I understand yeah. he built quite a few different houses uh, in the area. Yeah, he did. He built at least at least five homes that I know of. And then he also built the schoolhouse and some of the Icarian apartment buildings. So he was a master carpenter and built a lot of a lot of stuff. Wow. That's amazing back then. Yeah. Um, so what would you say that happened with your husband's estate um did it get messy was was it i mean it's not something you planned for so uh, it was not something we planned for at all it actually went a lot smoother <laughs> than uh you would think with having zero plan i mean my parents and his parents both lived well into their 60s and 70s. So we were not expecting him to pass away suddenly in his 40s. Um, yeah. So luckily, everything was um, mostly in my name already. I was the primary breadwinner. That was the other advantage that I had is that I was already the primary breadwinner. So so that part wasn't as bad as some other people have it who lose their spouse suddenly. Yeah. Um, That's yeah. really hard when they're the other breadwinner. Yes, exactly. Um, so that part was easier. <laughs> I mean, nothing about it was easy. Nothing about it was easy, but um, because I still had to get up and go to work, <laughs> you know, yeah. that, I, I couldn't just stay in bed and do nothing like I wanted to. I had to get up and go to work. Yeah, because, because you were, like you said, you were grieving again. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, oddly, oddly enough, I had a great lawyer. <laughs> Everything went fairly smooth again. Most of it was already in my name. Um, and just a few things that we had to get his name taken off of and stuff. But as far as that went, that part went smooth. So, so if it had been the other way around, it would have been really, really difficult. Yes, it would have been difficult. If, if, if it had been in, 
his name, then we would have had to gone through probate and stuff like that. But yeah. since it wasn't, um, the only thing that we had um, that was joint were like some checking accounts. And I was able to just take in his death certificate and take the, take his name off and then vehicles. And again, it was, you know, going through right. that process. So it, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. I've um, actually, I do a lot of work now with uh, some grief support groups and I've heard some really, really bad stuff about um being forced to refinance. And then since the yeah. wife wasn't the primary breadwinner, they couldn't refinance because, right. well, because you don't she, have that income. Yep, exactly. Um, whereas she could have been able to make the payments before then she couldn't. And then yeah. 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 So it's yeah. horrible. Yeah, it is horrible. So yeah, I was I was lucky in a sense that I was already the primary bedwinner and it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Right. So, so going into this property now, um, mm -hmm. you decided at what point to do what with the property? Well, I bought it. <laughs> yeah. And then and then it was a uh, okay, what after I signed the paperwork, I kind of woke <laughs> up and said, what am did I, I doing? Just do? Yes. What did I just do? <laughs> what am I doing with this property? I mean, that was, am I, am I growing alfalfa on it or lavender? Right? Or what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. There's only 10 acres. That's flat. That's a, a currently a hay field. And again, I wasn't comfortable moving my kids into a historic home because I don't know if you've had kids, but they're not exactly like, I mean, <laughs> cool about that. They're not exactly cool about that. And they kind of tend to be a little destructive. And, you know, I mean, I just, I just was not comfortable moving kids in there. And um, so anyway, I kind of did a look back at, okay, well, what, what did my grandparents do with this? And they did craft shows and I had cousins that got married out there. And so the thinking was that if, um, if my cousins had gotten married out there, then other people could get married out there too. Mm -hmm. And so I opened it up as a wedding venue and I had some half formed idea that, you know, once I told people I was opening a wedding venue, they would just show up. And it would be great because, <laughs> yeah. you know, out, outdoor weddings are super popular. And so you just, yeah, people just show up. <laughs> and that's not how that works. <laughs> not um, at all. No, no, it's not. Uh, <laughs> the the property is kind of like off the beaten path. So I did some work with a small business development, um, this free program here in the United States. They um, or were, they were so, so helpful where they went through and they helped me come up with like a business plan and then gave me different ideas of how to market the farm. And, um, one of the biggest suggestions that they have was, was to have my own events at the farm that by having my own events, then people could come out and see the property and then have a better idea too, of how to have events. Yeah. So, um, I started with a craft show because that's what my grandparents, did a lot of they did craft shows from the early 80s until the mid 90s so um so yeah I, I hosted a big craft show <laughs> and uh, that was a lot of fun and it was very successful and just having people come out and tell me how much they love the property and stuff kind of get really it helped encouraging me to, yeah. to keep going with to that keep moving yeah yes keep moving <laughs> um and then my mom is an artist. My sister has an art degree. Um, and, and I can <laughs> do some art stuff, um, but I'm more technical minded, which makes me not as great of an artist, but I can teach art. So um, we do painting classes out there. Um, my sister helped a lot in the beginning with everything. Um, and so she helped out a lot with the painting classes. And then I took over. Um, so yeah, painting glasses. And then, <laughs> um, I actually spent the night out there and realized it was haunted. We might have some ghost activity and I have friends who are really into that. Um, I have a friend who actually owns a tour company that, 
um, he does ghost tours as a living. So he encouraged me to try to do ghost tours and that was super successful. And yeah, uh, it took me three years to have my first wedding at my wedding venue. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> yeah. But I had ghost tours and the ghost tours bankrolled a lot. Um, oh, and good. then, yeah. So when ghost... you stayed there, what did yeah. you find? What was your, what were some of the things that you found when you stayed there that you didn't realize um, that you, I guess, no, when you my, bought this? My grandparents never talked about it being haunted. Um, footsteps. The, the night that I spent there, my sister had spent the night with me and she stayed upstairs uh, in one of the bedrooms and I stayed downstairs with my daughter and I'd heard somebody go down the stairs and out the door in the middle of the night. And my sister had her puppy with her and, a, you know, a little tiny puppy. And I just assumed that the puppy needed to go out in the middle of the night. And yes, yeah, I was going to say the puppy went out once, but not the several times that I heard. <laughs> um, and, you know, the next morning when we found out that, you know, wait a second, there you didn't really go outside that many times <laughs> when I'd heard somebody go down the stairs and out the front door, you know? And so I, uh, again, I called my friend who had a paranormal team and I said, Hey, you want to come over and check out this house I just bought? And they did. And we had a ton of activity, um, cold spots and noises and knocks and the, the all the equipment they bring was going off and all that fun stuff. And, so, Did you hear whispering or talking or anything? Are they happy people? Yeah, they are super happy people. Um, I always tell people it's a happy home they chose not to leave. Um, I don't have like crazy axe murderers or anything like that going on out there. It's just a happy home that they didn't didn't want to leave. They were happy yeah. there. Yeah. So so yeah, voices. We get all kinds of stuff that goes on out of the farm. And then looking back, like my grandparents when they owned it, there were doors that opened and closed and they just told us kids, it was an old house and you know, the doors open and close in old houses, you know, and, and you didn't think anything of it for, cause that's what they said. That's what they told us, you know, and this one door opened so often that like when we had a big craft show, they would stick one of us grandkids by that door to make sure it would stay shut. And you know, it's an old house, right? <laughs> but <laughs> You know, now as an adult, it's like, okay, well, that door was shut. It was latched. I can yank on it and it doesn't open, but I'm standing beside it and it, the doorknob opens. turns and opens. <laughs> that's crazy. That's, that's more paranormal activity than an old house. <laughs> so do you think that they're just, um, I mean, they're happy there, but they're going in and out of the house kind of? Yeah, I am. I think a lot of it's like residual and I always tell people like the residual activity when you think about the Cambry family had 10 children in a three bedroom house, which boggles my mind to this day. But, um, yeah, you know, think about how many times those stairs people walked up and down those stairs, how many times over 170 years? I mean, that's, we're, we're talking a lot of energy that's built up here in this location. So it stands to reason that you're probably going to hear some footsteps on those stairs. Yeah. So did anyone die in the house? Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, natural causes. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Adolph and Hortense Cambry both passed away in the home. And um, one of their daughters passed away on the property before they finished building the house. And she's buried there on the property. Um, and have you seen and, her? Yes. She is actually our most active spirit. Um, and we've done like some communication with the ghost stuff and she just, she just loves the house and she loves being there. And, um, the, she loves the activity at the house. Like when I'm doing something out there, she loves having people there and the activity and yeah, it's just, she gets super excited when we're doing things and uh, <laughs> loves, loves interacting with the paranormal investigators that we have out there. Oh, that's cute. Um, it is. So does she like the weddings and stuff then do you think too? Yeah. Yeah, she does. She just, you know, it, it's a house that's meant to have a family in it. 
Um, and I really feel like the spirits out there, they love when there's activity and family gatherings out there. There's just, um, there's a sense of peace out to the, at the property that's really hard to describe. <laughs> but when everyone who goes out there at some point, they just take this deep breath and they relax and they tell me it's so peaceful out there. And just, it's a place for gatherings. There's the large lawns for kids to run around outside yeah. and play. And it just, yeah, it's just a place where people love to be and love it's to hang out. The pictures, the photographs, graphs that you have on your website oh and by the way everybody the links are down below for all of what we're talking about with Rebecca right now um I I find it amazing and as well as the Native Americans had some graves there I guess and there's an unmarked grave that do you know what yeah. that's about so Eglantine Cambria is my unmarked grave. Um, the family knew where she was buried at, but that information kind of got lost in time. Um, and then when my grandparents bought it, they knew that there was some Native American things out there. And I did some research and worked with the local Native American council and actually discovered I have two uh, Native American burial mounds on the property. Um, in 1820, about... Um, most of the Indian mounds in my area, all the artifacts were taken out and sold on the black market. Um, and so I worked with the Native American Council to have a blessing ceremony on the farm. Um, so my mounds were blessed. <laughs> I don't have, I don't do any um, tours or anything out there. It's kind of like a respect thing. But there's a um, public cemetery not far from me that has the same Indian mounds and stuff. So people can go out there and check out. It's a, there's 35 mounds at the Native American Cemetery. Uh, I have about three. So. Oh, cool. Did um, they owned, they were on the property before the Cambries started yes. there. Yes. That's the history yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of Native American activity in my area. There was actually a village not far from me. And um, in 1820, there was the Black Hawk War and most of the Native Americans left Illinois around 1820. So and then the Cambry family bought the farm out there in 1860. Okay. So do you find the Native Americans active in the spiritual world there? Yes. Actually, <laughs> we do. Um, even though I don't do investigations at the burial mounds themselves, the property itself has just a ton of energy and activity. Um, we see shadow figures a lot in the tree line, especially at dusk. Just, you know, you'll, you'll feel like you're being watched out there. There's a sense of protectiveness over the property that, again, is hard to describe. <laughs> um, but people it feel like... Good. No. It feels good. It feels good. The Cambry property protects itself, really. Um, we haven't had vandalism out there. You know, I mean, when you think about a home that hasn't been lived in since the 70s. Um, that's amazing, that's, really. <laughs> yeah, it really is amazing. Um, so, yeah, just all kinds of shadow figures, that sense of protectiveness and peace. Um, and then, like, my son actually saw one <laughs> at what he had gone outside. He'd been staying there overnight during a snowstorm and he went outside. And as he turned around and came to come back to go into the house, standing at the corner of the home was a person. And he had assumed that we had a trespasser on the property. Um, they looked at him. He looked at them. They kind of jetted around the corner of the house and ran. And he went inside to get a flashlight before he chased them with the hope that they would be gone. Yeah. <laughs> By the time he got back. So he came out of the house with the flashlight and shined the light to follow the footprints in the snow. And there were no footprints. It was a fresh layer of snow. No footprints at all in the whole yard. Could and you describe the person? he didn't get a close enough look to kind of, I mean, he was about 20 feet away, but it was just a quick glimpse. And yeah, I, mom wanted, mom wanted more detail than he yeah, was yeah. able to give me, but we, you know, we. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and what about the stagecoach 
Do you think it's been on the property? Yeah. So it was part of the stagecoach route went right through the middle of the property. In fact, my driveway um, was part of the stagecoach route and Google Maps still has it as a road, even though it was closed in the 1920s. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah. So it was part um the stage, stagecoach stops in my little area of called, they called French town. Um, so it was kind of like an unincorporated town in the 1860s and the stagecoach stopped there. And the Cambry family used to put people up in the house occasionally, not very often, but yeah. That's unbelievable with all their kids. <laughs> How the heck did they have any room? I They must've stacked them up like cordwood. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> different times. It was different times. <laughs> what we did back then. <laughs> right. Compared to now. It's like, oh, I don't have a bed for you to sleep on. I'm sorry. You'll have to go somewhere else. <laughs> and that was not the thing then. Right. No, no. They, they're telling me that the dining room, that they used to rent the dining room out occasionally. So, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Here's the dining room table. Sleep on it. <laughs> I don't know what they would do with all those people and eating if you don't have a dining room. Unless the kitchen was big enough to, was it one of those big, is it one of those big, huge kitchens? Like, It's a good size. It's a good size kitchen. I mean, especially for 1860s. I mean, the house is what we would consider kind of small now, but for the 1860s, it was a good size house. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a three bedroom, but I mean, our standards is a small three bedroom, but when you think about 1860s, it's a three yeah. bedroom, which is most 1860s, they would have like one, maybe two. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, what else have you noticed? Has, has any weddings um, that you've started been able to see anything? Because the photos are beautiful. Oh, the photos are gorgeous. And that's my favorite part about having weddings out there, seeing all the gorgeous pictures and then taking what's my special place and making it into somebody else's special place too. That, that is super rewarding. Um, as far as wedding guests having paranormal encounters, um, occasionally not super often. I always tell them like, if you don't want to have an encounter, just tell them you don't and they won't. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I always, I have a ton of stories about doors. I've already mentioned one, you know, like my grandparents, right. Yeah, well, that one door that likes to swing out and in. Yes. All. Well, the front door I have had more problems with than anything else. And first it was like the key, my key will open the door every single time. But then like I had a cousin that was coming out there and helping me clean occasionally while her key stopped working. And then my mother's key quit working and then my sister's key quit working. I'm like, okay, it's time to change out the lock. So we changed out the lock and I have the same problem. My key opens the door every single time, but nobody else's key will open the door reliably (laughs) on a brand new lock. Yes. On a brand new lock. And uh, my mother gets locked out of the house all the time. She's always getting locked out. And uh, one time, like, I had, I can't always be there to let people in. And this time I I, like, mom, I need you to let people in. And she's like, well, how about you run by and leave it unlocked for me? And I'll just meet them there. And like, okay. So I was there at seven o'clock in the morning, flipped on the lights, unlocked the door. She got there at nine and it was locked and she couldn't get in. (laughs) It's just, uh, so anyway, a wedding couple, I don't stay for weddings. I, I'm renting the space. I just basically turn over the keys and I get a message during a wedding. It says the bride wants you to know that the door won't open. Oh, And I, I message back right away. I'm like, which door? You know, I'm like, what's going on? Which, which door? And like 10 minutes later, I get a message back and it says it was the front door, but we managed to get in. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And like it's unlocked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they'd had a wedding there. They'd been in and out of the house and somehow in the middle of the wedding, the house decided to lock itself. And in fact, the, the mechanism inside the lock came apart. Oh my. I have no idea. I have no idea. And that lock wasn't two years old. (laughs) 
so you know, they really love playing with you guys. They're just yes. doing things yes. and laughing. I'm sure. They, I know they are. I, I know <laughs> they laugh when my, they lock my mother out. My mother, I love her and she's extremely helpful, but she'll go in and she'll like rearrange furniture or she, if she doesn't like a pillow, she'll throw it away. And <laughs> I mean, she's always going in and doing something. And um, I don't think they particularly like that a lot. So they, she kind of really like to bug her. <laughs> they do. And I think they know it irritates her too. <laughs> I'm sure. She, she oh gosh she's always calling me with the story of getting locked out like she was doing stuff in the house left the door open walked out to the car came back to find the door shut and locked on her and that's, <laughs> that's just amazing isn't it yeah it is it is it's amazing and I mean we have fun with it we laugh about it for sure yeah so yeah, well, it's nothing bad. It's it's no, just... it's not. It's it's funny, and they're playful. They are very playful, and I've had it where like service people meet me out there. The furnace guy, the furnace guy was coming out there, and he told me he was going to be there at one, and he actually showed up at twelve thirty. When I got there at one o'clock, he was coming out of the house. He walked out of the front door, and I said, "How did you get in?" He's like, "Oh, well, the house is unlocked. I just went on in." <laughs> It's like it has its own mind. <laughs> All I can picture is my grandfather being so excited somebody was there to talk to him. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and open the door and say, go on in. <laughs> I have a tradesman here. Awesome. He's supposed to be working on the furnace. Let's let him in. <laughs> they were already done by the time I got there. <laughs> I wonder if it was um, the Cambry the man of the house, like the construction guy. It might've been, it might've been is it. Yeah. It just cracks me up. You know, I, I always tell people like talk to the house, tell them why you're there. <laughs> Everybody must think you're crazy. <laughs> I, mean, I know I tell all these door stories and uh, one of my girlfriends, like she, she does a, she has a paranormal team. So she's used to all my door stories and she hadn't really had one happen to her uh, until like the summer we were getting ready to do a paranormal investigation and we'd gone out to eat and we came back to the house and she got there just before I did. And she walked up to the house and couldn't open the door and I was like literally 10 feet behind her. And I said, I think it's unlocked, Kelly. And she's like, I just tried it. It's locked. And I walk up and I open the door. I just turn the handle and it pops right open. <laughs> it's like you can like bewitched or something. Just like, bing. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking oh, about? There you go. It's unlocked. Like they, they must just, I don't know. <laughs> Do they do anything else other than doors? I wonder if there's a background to them playing with doors when they were growing up together. You I know, wonder, wonder. I wonder about that. That yeah, that's one of the things that really makes me wonder if they didn't play with doors when they were alive. Now they just yeah. keep going with it. Um, we have, you know, because kids back then would play differently than kids today. I mean, they didn't right. have all the things that they have now. So, right, exactly. I, I think with big families, they would have been, you know, hiding around a corner and <laughs> boo and yes. spooking, you know, and chasing and hide and seek. And so it all kind of makes sense, right? With when you're yeah. talking about that, right? It does. Cambria is also a lot of noises. We hear noises all the time when we're out there. Um, footsteps, lots and lots of footsteps, like and a man's just... footsteps, like heavy heaviness um yeah sometimes a man's heavy footsteps sometimes like children running around and just i'm like i said it's noises 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 all the time all the time noises so that's yeah. it, it, i laugh because like uh a lot of times when i have paranormal investigators and they bring out their equipment a lot of times i'll see them say can you please stop making that go off oh <laughs> Wait, if you watch like some of the paranormal shows, like they'll say, can you make the equipment go off? And when they're out at the farm, they're like, can you make the equipment stop going off? <laughs> Which I find very humorous. Yeah, that they, is. Yeah. Cause they're, they're, 
they love playing with that sort of stuff. They love having that interaction. So it sounds like it's really a lot of bunch, uh, a lot of kids, really. It sounds like that, doesn't it? Like yeah. playfulness. Yes, very much playful child-like energy out there. So yeah, Eglantine is our main, most active spirit. Um, and then she's got a nephew, Lewis, that's out there as well. Um, Lewis died uh, around 1900 and Eglantine died in 1864. So they did not know each other in life, but they definitely are out there together. So, oh, cool. Yeah. Um, is there a lot of activity upstairs in the bedrooms then? Yeah, the bedrooms, the whole house is active. <laughs> um, but yeah, the bedrooms will be super active. Um, after Adolf passed away, two of his children, Fritz and Anita, took over the, running the farm. And the upstairs back bedroom is Fritz's. And he's definitely up there. Um, he just watches over the farm. He's not as interactive as Eglantine, but he's definitely... Um, He's definitely there and kind of keeps an eye on things. Uh, I have like letters that he had written to the family after, um, after Anita passed away, Fritz went and visited relatives and he wrote a whole bunch of letters at that time. And he was very unhappy with the way his grandson, Robert was running the farm and kind of complained about the way the grass was being kept and stuff like that. Oh. So. <laughs> so you have to be uh, careful then. Yeah. Yeah. I, he, he he likes his property kept up, so he's usually very happy with me and the way I'm doing things, but I often wonder if he's not the one who's locking the door on mom to, yeah. <laughs> to say, you're not doing it the way I want it to be done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or yeah. playfulness of some sort. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I think part of his kind of plays into that, that protective energy that we talked about outside the house. I think Fritz is part of the protective energy inside the house. So, yeah. What about the kitchen? Is there a lot of activity in the kitchen? Um, not as much as you'd really think. I mean, the kitchen usually is the heart of the home and super busy, you know, when people are living, living there. Um, but we haven't had super lot of activity in the kitchen. Um, that's where the doors are, <laughs> though. You know, the yeah. front door and the basement door are both in the kitchen. Um, and then, like, too, like, standing and looking out the window, I've heard footsteps walk around upstairs, too, when I'm standing in the kitchen. So, and what about the basement? Is it a, a regular cement basement or is it mm -hmm. dirt? It's actually a cement basement and it's a full basement, which is unusual for the 1860s. Um, it yeah, was a working. That's, that's yeah, it amazing. was amazing. I know. Um, it was a working apple orchard from the 1850s until the 1940s. So they used the basement to store apples. So, yeah. So it must really smell like apples down there. Still. <laughs> well, yeah, every once in a while. Um, yeah. And the basement, we have a lot of activity in. Um, again, a lot of that, I think, is residual activity in the basement. But um, a lot of the like paranormal equipment stuff that they will bring will definitely be super active in the basement. So. And what do you think it's active in the basement for? Because that's where they were busy working? Um, probably a little bit of that. Um, there's a limestone bluff. And so it's a limestone edge limestone makes up the walls of the basement. And so limestone has been shown to um, increase paranormal activity. Um, they think it holds on to energy. So I think the limestone helps out in the basement with the activity down there. So did they put blocks in? Is that what they used back then to, to make uh, a cement basement? They, they used um, limestone rocks. So not blocks, but just like kind of stacked stone to make the edge of the basement and then the cement to smooth out the stone in the floor. So. Wow, that's amazing for the cement floor part. Yeah, it is. You know, it yeah. really, it, you, that era of house does not have that. Um, the Cambries did that, like I said, to store apples in the basement. Wow, that's amazing. Because I know a lot of houses, I mean, in Canada that I've seen, it's like a dirt crawl mm -hmm. space kind of idea right in that era. right yeah yeah they didn't usually do basements they would do like a root cellar separate from the house but yeah 
Yeah, but this is an or actual a barn, a barn for the orchard, I guess, or something, mm -hmm. right? So right. do you have barns on the yeah. property? <laughs> I do. I have a barn and then there's a garage that was built later, of course, and a pump house. They used, there's a big cistern in the bottom of the pump house that they used to water the crops and stuff. And then there was an apple shed that they stored other apples in. Um, and that one, when I bought the property, was kind of sliding down the hill. And uh, we had that one taken down and replaced with a patio. So, Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so is there activity in the barns then? Yeah, actually, yeah. I have activity all over the property. <laughs> um, so, yeah. It, yeah, they're busy. They're busy ghosts. It was a busy farm and the whole property is just kind of busy. But yeah, the barn, um, we usually get so busy investigating the house. We haven't done a lot of investigation out at the farm, but we have um, we've had a lot of noises again in the barn, um, more footsteps. And we heard a loud knock the one time we were out there investigating a really loud one where we all jumped. It was so loud. So what do you think the knock was on the door or somewhere else? Um, it sounded like it was on the roof, which, oh. which maybe something fell, but again, what it was, I don't know. I mean, it was, it was, it was like I said, it was startling enough that everybody in the group jumped. So, so yeah. it sounds like the native Americans got along with that new family, the, Cambries. It um, sounded like. Yeah, I think so. Definitely now they get along. Um, the Cambry family, of course, you know, the, the Native Americans had already moved on before the Cambries bought the farm, but but the Cambries wrote letters talking about the Native Americans and they'd stop by the area and have a camp out occasionally. Um, they, they remember them having campfires and stopping by to sleep out on the property and even into the 1900s. So. Oh yeah. So it sounds like they had a good relationship. So mm -hmm. that would have mm -hmm. been helpful with them all getting along now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They all get along. They all seem to, although I would say that the Cambries are inside the house and the native Americans are outside, but yeah, yeah. they all seem to get along. Yeah. Um, what about the stagecoach? How do you know that? Can you hear it come by? Um, I, I haven't really got any activity that I would attribute to the stagecoach. Um, but I do have like newspaper articles and documentation that talks about the stagecoach route running through there. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I was just curious if people you know, if they would stop or if you heard noises of, of the stopping. I haven't, I haven't heard that. I will say that occasionally we get like a spirit that um, is passing through. Um, this, I can't, typically if you're interacting with a ghost out at Cambria, I can tell you who it is. Um, but occasionally we'll get some that I can't pinpoint. And I think that they are traveling spirits, um, you know, that just, come by to stop and maybe that's yeah. when the door opens for them. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen you so long, Harriet. Where have you been? <laughs> come on in. <laughs> There's also a theory in paranormal circles that when you're doing investigations at a location, then wandering spirits that don't have that home to go to, um, they'll sense that we're doing paranormal investigations and they'll stop by as a way to communicate and get their story told. So oh, cool. yeah, that is kind that of, that cool. must be really neat to see. I would love to see you do a investigation <laughs> of, of the activity sometimes. It's, it's a lot of fun. We have a good time with it. Um, and it's just kind of neat to, to have that connection to spirit and the other side. Yeah. So you hold events for yes. anybody that wants to, because now I'm all excited. I'd love to go there and have some sort of event. Um, oh, for sure. Do you have overstays, like people that want to stay over or anything? Mm -hmm. Do you allow that? Yeah, I do. Um, so I do a craft show in May on the Monday of Memorial Day weekend. I have a big open house and craft show. That's my big 
my big event. Um, I also do a paranormal conference that is June 18th on the summer solstice. I have a whole bunch of paranormal teams that come out there that day and we have a big kind of like conference event in the yard. And then we do a nice, then we do a big investigation that night. Um, and then I'll do, um, public investigations in October. Um, and then the farm's available to rent for weddings, obviously, <laughs> or, uh, your own paranormal investigation. You can do a paranormal overnight. Oh, okay. Can the uh, wedding parties, can, can anybody just stay over and have, yeah. 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 Um, all that rental right now goes through me. So I have some control over who's renting the property. Um, I have a cabin that sits on the Mississippi river. That one is on Airbnb. So, um, I don't do the house on Airbnb because of the historic nature of the home. I'm just not well, super yeah. comfortable with that. Yeah, but absolutely. It's more yeah. specialized. Yeah. I just want to know who's there. <laughs> the Airbnb, yeah. I love doing the Airbnb, but you don't, you know, people just rent it and you never really have a lot of control over it. Whereas, you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. No, that's awesome. Um, did you have any final messages for the listeners about your, crazy wild story i'm sure your grandmother's just thrilled with what you're doing I, I i know she is i know that my grandparents absolutely love what i'm doing out there they love having the history of the home preserve that was what they were doing and that's what i'm continuing on um i would say that um you know kind of touching back in with your backup plan you know you you never know you never know where life's going to take you um, and you never know when you never know when your time's up. So I would suggest to be prepared <laughs> for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, because of your situation, it all worked out, but I'm sure there was moments for you where you're like, why, why, why? Oh, oh yeah, for sure. We had actually made an appointment to see about getting life insurance and we'd had to reschedule it twice. And yeah, uh, that was, I wish we hadn't have rescheduled that. So, yeah. yeah. You know, and when I was or am selling life insurance, um, that is one thing that people put off. It's one of the most um, biggest things. Investments as well, because people procrastinate about putting an investment aside. You think you but, have time for that. You do. Yeah, you think you yeah. have time for that. And I, you know, I mean, we, we obviously thought we had more time to plan for yeah. that. Any, but, anything really. Right. Yeah. Not yeah. working or disabledness <laughs> or. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You just, you, you just never know. No. For sure. I mean, and, it, um, it could be a wildfire or a hurricane or tornado in, right. in a lot of the states. There's you know, people procrastinate and put it off and. Oh yeah, for it. sure. For sure. And then um, I will say that even though starting a business wasn't my plan, um, it really gave me focus. Like it gave me, it, yes, that's exactly what I was just getting ready to say. It gave me a purpose. It gave me something to focus on that. And it really helped me get through that time in my life for sure. Well, and still is, I'm sure. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously the farm's a labor of love and I, I love what I do out there now for sure. Yeah. Well, it's a passion for you and mm -hmm. obviously because you've grown up with it all your life. And so it, it keeps you close knit to your family origin, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, when I'm out there, um, not only am I close to my own family, but I feel close to the Cambry family too. I mean, yeah. so many people think I'm related to the Cambries and I'm not because <laughs> um, I talk about them like they are my family. And, and I feel like in a sense that they are, that that home and that property is my family. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you've gotten used to all of the personalities as well, right? So it, yeah. it is family. Yeah. Do you talk to them when you come in, when you're by yourself? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. I do talk to them when I'm in there. Um, especially if mom's coming, I'm like, mom's going to be here. This is what she's going to do. <laughs> try, <laughs> try to smooth it for her just a little for bit. For some reason. <laughs> does, your mom, does your mom understand? Like, does she understand <laughs> that they are there or does she not think it's true? 
Oh no, she knows they're there. She knows they're there, and she she laughs about it. We laugh about it a lot. <laughs> yeah, we do. So that's so sweet. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, Rebecca. I hope everybody can um, appreciate this because it's not everywhere that you can get that kind of real life. Um, you know, it's not just about a wedding. It's not just about an event. It, it's, right. It's about learning a whole other, if you're open to it, of course. Right, right. Exactly. If, if you want to have an experience, um, <laughs> you yeah. can come out to the farm and take one of the ghost tours. If you don't want to have an experience, then you can come and do the craft show. So Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Or even if you are at the, an event, you might experience it whether you like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> you might get locked out of the house. <laughs> <can't happen>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I think they know they they know what kind of person that person is and how much fun they can have with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the wedding couple wasn't upset. They had a good laugh about it too. So oh, I, I bet. it worked out. Makes yes. an experience to remember, right? Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Rebecca, for coming on our show. I could really talk about your place for all day. It's truly amazing and it sounds so much fun to to be able to be with some playful spirits and um I'm sure you love it every day too. It makes you feel like I you're do. not alone. I'm sure. Oh yeah, for sure. It it does make me feel like I'm not alone. And yeah, I love it out there. And thank you so much for having me on. I always like talking about the farm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure. I hope that you get a lot of calls and emails from, from people <laughs> interested because it's so intriguing. So, yeah. So thank you so much, Rebecca, for coming on. I, I, I truly appreciate it. Um, so please take a moment and subscribe to our channel because I'm going to get my hand out again. <laughs> Click on that bell. Gee, where is it there? That bell is down there and the subscribe button. Don't forget to subscribe to our show so that you don't get any videos that you might miss. And if you are thinking about a person right now watching this show that you love and care about, please reach out to them today and we have phones text messages skype facetime whatever it is we still have phones and or go by and see them because you never know what tomorrow will bring so stay tuned to our podcast and our live streams i have great conversations with some of the most interesting and accomplished people in the world today just like rebecca um, I think you'll be entertained, informed, and hope that we've inspired you and motivated you. I know I'm inspired to go visit Rebecca. I, I'm definitely, it's on my bucket list to go do. Start thinking about your unique plan. I know Rebecca has made her unique plan out of something that basically fell apart, and it's very inspiring. Um, no one is Superman. Expect the unexpected. And thank you again to all our listeners um, we are on all podcast platforms, YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, and we have a Facebook group as well as a Facebook page under your backup plan. Um, and you can share ideas and concepts and issues and problems with your own family issues on our Facebook group page. It's a like-minded community that wants to help each other get through life's unexpected issues. So thank you for sharing your time. And I love each and every one of you. And I always end with Carol Burnett. I'm sure you know who Carol Burnett is, Rebecca. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad we had this time together just to have a laugh or sing a song. Seems we just get started. And before you know it comes the time we have to say so long. So long, everybody. Be kind. Be safe especially during this crazy, crazy world that we live in today. We've gone from a pandemic to, to another world explosion. I, I have no words of what 2022 has bring, brought to us all. And so expect the unexpected and stay safe, everybody. Be kind. Till next time.